This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. This show is brought to you by Pet King Brands, the makers of Zymox and Oratine. It's Behave with Arden Moore, the show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Join Arden as she travels coast to coast to help millions better understand why cats and dogs do what they do. Get the latest scoop on famous faces, their perfectly pampered pets in Who's Walking Who in Rintin, Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails. Garner great pet tips and have a doggone fur-flying fun time. So get ready for the pause and applause as we unleash your all-behave host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome to the All-Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, even though our show is the longest-running pet podcast on the planet, we are marking a first today. Yes, we've had a lot of A-list celebrities and top dogs in the pet world as our spotlighted guests. But tonight, we have our first mayor, and he promises to talk about pooches, not politics. That's because our special guest founded Houndstown USA and prefers to be known as its mayor. So his resume, trust me, folks, is going to make you go bow. Wow. Let's give pause and applause to arguably one of dog's best friends, the mayor of Houndstown USA, Mike Gould. Hey, welcome to the show, Mike. Thank you so much for that introduction. I love all the puns, the pet puns. That's really good. Well, my family doesn't appreciate it, but I thank you, Mike. It's really nice. I certainly do. Yeah. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you, of course, about Houndstown. All right. And listeners, buckle up, because he has a lot to yap about and all good. But first, you all know the drill. We got to take this commercial break. So sit, stay. We'll be right back. Time for a pause. Four furry ones actually sit and stay. All Behave will be right back. Hi, Pet Pals. Arden Moore here to chat about H2O. Water's wonderful, but know what's even better for your dogs and cats? Isotonic drinks called Kitty Raid and Doggy Raid. My small dog, Emma, is not a big water drinker. So I treat her to Doggy Raid at mealtime and after we take long walks. And I rarely see my orange tabby rusty at the water bowl. So I put a few squirts of Kitty Raid in a bowl and he comes running. I treat all my furry bunch to a gravy-like meal topper called Yummy Raid. Great news. Doggy Raid, Kitty Raid, and Yummy Raid contain electrolytes, amino acids, prebiotics, and much more healthy ingredients for your pets. Veterinarians give them pause up and so do I. Learn more by visiting doggyraid.com. That's D-O-G-G-Y-R-A-D-E.com. Drink up, pets. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail-wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now, back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Welcome back to the Old Behave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. 
Our special guest today has been a major force in the pet world. He was a founding member of the New York Police Department's first canine unit. Now, that's quite a feat. And he oversees a canine kingdom. That's how you call it, kingdom, called Houndstown, USA. And I, I have to get the clarification, but it's like some big milestone, like a hundredth doggy daycare and boarding facility franchise you just opened up. Is that right? That's correct. We just, uh, our hundredth territory wow. we just awarded recently. And uh, yeah, we're, we're moving along. And I got to say, because this is radio, I love your gruff voice. Okay. It's very manly. And I'm just wondering, uh, are you the mis- mystery voice behind that old McGruff, the fighting crime dog? <laughs> That's funny. I got to tell you one thing right off the bat. I very rarely laugh out loud. But Uh-oh. since I have been doing it for the last two minutes, so there's, you, you have a certain energy that just uh, really tickles my funny bone. So I just want to take that. Uh, hopefully you're doing kegels so you don't piddle. So that's all good, right? But Mike, really, I'm very jazzed to have you on the show. And I just tell him Disney, just move over because Houndstown, USA is the home to the happiest dogs on earth. Is that right? That's that's very true. And we're very, very proud of that. And I'm proud to be designated the mayor, although I wasn't voted in. So it's somewhat, it's not exactly democratic, but I am the mayor. That's right. And I'm not arguing. And for the folks out there, let people know what the heck you, you do a lot. And so I wanted to just kind of cover some of the services that Houndstown USA offers. And I think there's even in some places something for CATSs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not not for them to interact. You're lucky enough to have a cat that you can sit at home and interact with. Generally speaking, that doesn't work in our environment. I wish it could in a perfect world. Cats yeah. and dogs get along lovely. But unfortunately, nature doesn't always allow that to happen. Okay. So tell us about Houndstown USA. Well, you know what? I want to roll back the clock further. Let's roll back the clock. Let's go into that time machine. The year is 1982. You're this young stud police officer in New York City. And why in the heck was 1982 such a significant year? Right. So that's a that's a great question. So in 1982, for those of us that can remember, crime, crime, crime in New York City at that time was really high. Uh, you know, there was a lot of violence. There was a lot of street mugging, street robberies. They literally closed down Central Park at night. You couldn't really literally. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah, the, the police, the government, the city actually closed it down after dark. Nobody was allowed in the park. So that was the level of crime. And cities like New York City was struggling to do something about it and uh, because it was bad. So they decided to do a pilot program introduced. And it was controversial at the time, introducing dogs into the police department to be on patrol throughout the city parks and just to be a, an omnipresence and, yeah. and hopefully a crime deterrent. So I had so as you said, I was young. I don't know about it being a stud, but I was certainly young. That's and- what I heard. Rumor has it. <laughs> Rumor has it. Don't believe that. Everything you hear. But what they were trying to do is that they wanted to come up with this pilot program. And they it was very uh, well thought out. And it was, you know, very, as I said, controversial because there's always three sides, two sides to everything you do. So they came up with this concept of, of modeling something after the Philadelphia Police Department, implementing uh, canine unit reduced crime. Very simple. Okay. Were they at the time German Shepherds or Malinois? Right, right. No, Malinois was, was and at that time, it wasn't even a name that you would, re- you know, they may, you didn't hear about Malinois then. So they are the 
know, prior to that, in some of the southern states, Florida, they used Dobermans and Rottweilers. Uh, but by and large, the stereotypical dog for law enforcement in the military is the German Shepherd. Right. So, but with that brings controversy because it's, you know, it's, it's military, quasi-military, you're walking around the streets with German shepherds. So it kind of brings back memories of bad times in, in world history. Okay. So it was controversial, but, but our goal was to really train the dogs to kind of not be the aggressive type of, they had to be very balanced and they had to, they had to be multi faceted, so to speak, that out yeah. of the, almost the perfect temperament. But yeah, so I saw they were looking for people and it, people say to me, well, wow, Mike, you must really love dogs to want to do that. And I said, if you want to be honest, if I want to be honest, it's truthfully my disdain for humans that really was the motivating factor. Because with the in New York City Police Department, you work with a partner, a human partner. Right. It turns out that after a couple of years of that, we were fighting like a couple would fight. We're fighting over what did we have? Were you Chinese fighting food. like cats and dogs? Cats and dogs. We we're fighting over. We were on Chinese food. Oh. You didn't. You left the newspaper in the back seat of the car. So I am like, I can't deal with this because this was like twelve hours of my life. So yeah. So I was really highly motivated to become one of the founding members of the canine unit. So they picked one per borough, right? Is that one team per borough? Pretty much the, the concept was to, as an experiment to put a, one dog in each park, Flushing Meadow Park, Central Park, Prospect Park. Which one were you teamed at? I was I was in Queens. I was in Flushing Meadow Park to begin with. And what was your partner's name? His name was Smitty. Smitty. And he was a, he was adopted from a local shelter. Back then, we didn't import dogs. We, we got them from shelters, which I actually was a big proponent of. But so, yeah, so we would scour all the shelters. You know, unfortunately, the dogs, you know, they, they didn't have, the dogs in the shelter didn't really usually have the temperament for the yeah. kind of type of police work, just because, they, you know, people would assume you want a vicious dog. And that's opposite of what what People was Smitty here. like? What did you like best? Did he, he didn't toot in the car, did he? In the squad car? Oh, he did. He? Oh, yeah, he did everything in the car. So, so did I. But the good news is, is no complaints. That is the difference the, between the human and there you the, go. The, the, the dog. We got along perfectly well. He didn't care. You know, he, he didn't really argue about what to eat for dinner, where I was going and so forth. And he was literally, truly, uh, you know, so that bond you have, because not only the dog lives with you, so he lives yeah. with me, he commutes with me. And we work, you know, under, you know, sometimes very stressful situations together. So the bond that you have with a, a service dog like that, it's, it's very unique. It's not really like anything else because you're literally with the dog 24-7. Well, I kiss to the skies to uh, Smitty for his service. I'm glad you got a, a partner you got along with. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, it was an incredible relationship, and and the truth of the matter is, as I said, your first police canine, they call it, it's a love affair. The yeah. second, and third, it then becomes more of a tool or a utilitarian type of thing. But your first dog is like your first relationship with a human. You don't have to tell us that part um, <laughs> today. Better, the show is better. called "Oh Behave," but what you know, what the heck? <laughs> well, all right, moving in our time machine, tragedy, nine eleven. Um, mm. And uh, you wanted to help with some. Uh, tell us what the thing is, because you had this idea for this doggy daycare, but then you kind of backdoored into it because of the first responders. Right. 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 So, so working with the police dogs from the moment I began that journey, I was um, 
intrigued completely by dogs, by animals, animal behavior. I would, I was obsessed with it. What, you know, breathing patterns in dogs, how the tail moves, their ears, their eyes, to the minutia. I would study dogs. Minutia or manure? Minutia, manure. You say minutia, I say manure. Well, you do have a quote I found because I am an ex-newspaper reporter. So there you go. Here comes my quote. You said, you describe dogs as magnificent pieces of technology that cannot be duplicated by any machine. Wow. That is a great comment. And I'm flattered by that. Right. So, And I'm flattered by you highlighting that because that's what it is. So when I see a dog, most people see a dog. They're cute. They're friendly. They're fuzzy. They make us feel good. They release pheromones when we pet them. Yeah. And other things. And other things. Yeah. <laughs> but, but when I see a dog, I literally would change anybody in the technology field. I, and whether it's NASA, there's nobody that could recreate. And this is today, is as accurate today as it was 40, 30 years ago. There's no technology that is mobile, voice controlled, oh. weighs 50 pounds, can be deployed in all various weather conditions. It operates on about a, a bag or two of dog food a month. And it has extrasensory perception meaning it could detect odors, it can detect cancer in people's bones, it can a drop a urine. It's amazing to me. So I love that. Until you see it, you can't have an appreciation for it. So I fortunately was able to, to do it. I got obsessed with it. And I trained dogs to find just about everything has a photo, like a fingerprint. Everything is yeah. unique, Richard, remote control or anyway. Yeah. So anyway, back then in 2001, you know, tragedy, what a bad time. But tell us how you helped out. Right. So right. Obviously, 9-11. I, I had actually at the time a, I was training bomb dogs privately. So I was probably one of the, the very few in the United States pre 9-11 that had a bomb dog. There's not a lot of big retail wow. market for bomb yeah. dogs. You know, you don't ask, uh, you know, to somebody not anymore, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately not. Exactly. So I had this in place. So we were summoned. We went down to ground zero like almost immediately because nobody knew what was going on. So the threat of explosives. So that was my job there was to clear the, the surrounding buildings, the stock markets wow. of possible explosives. But at the time, I had rented a factory because I was getting ready to retire from the police department. And I rented a factory and I just wanted to get I wanted to always give every dog an opportunity to be a pack animal, to be its yeah. real self, like putting a fish in water. Yeah. I wanted pack animals to be a pack and I didn't want to discriminate against any breed of dog. So I used to see these German all my career, the police dogs were biting at the window and yeah. I was like, can they bite the window today and then go to a Girl Scout meeting for show and tell the next day? So make a long story short, my dream was to put packs of dogs together with very little human interference to allow them to be their natural self, where obviously in the wild, there was no humans to, right. you know, so I wanted to give them that time for themselves. And then when 9-11 happened, all the rescue workers that had dogs that we, they were going to work, they didn't know if they were coming back for days, weeks. Yeah, because even something like professional pet sitters, that industry is also relatively young, just as professional daycare and boarding. I mean, people think, oh, we've had them all our decades, but it really is a pretty relatively young industry, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. As you said it quite correctly, even though they may have been around 20, 25 years in the world of you know, pet care, 
it's yeah. a new it's a new concept. And it was actually when I started, it was unheard of. As I said, people say you're going to put a pit bull with a standard poodle. You know, so, so this was all misinformation. In my view, there was yeah. nothing to support that uh, other than just, you know, a stereotype and a, a misunderstanding of dogs. Well, I, I love it because one time I think I made Rachel Ray piddle her pants on the radio because I told her she had a pit bull. And I said, you know, I, I have a name for pit bulls. And she's like, yes. And I said, I call them meaty cheeks because when they <laughs> smile, they got on meaty cheeks. So right. I'm, a, I'm a pity fan. But what's more important, I think, at Houndstown, USA, see how we made it segue? We did it. We did a segue. We did it. Is this that the pack leader has two legs and that's a trained staff member. But you welcome all dogs based on what? We base it on the fact they're dogs. So again, I keep it so simple. Uh, you know, as we humanity, humans become more academic and we learn, we study things. I keep things very simple. So I use the analogy, as I said, it's not, not much different about putting fish in the water. You don't need to teach a fish to swim. Right. You just have to provide them with water. So a relatively, or I should say a properly socialized dog. A dog is a dog. So if we did an autopsy or looked into a dog brain, just like the human brain. It would be hard to distinguish your sex, your religion, or anything. It's a, a dog is a dog is a dog. They're mutated down from a wolf. And I, we, we just look at them all exactly the same. Obviously, we, we because they are bred to be small and big and large. But we, so we put them together in packs. And that's what we call them in their packs. And we, we resist the temptation to interact with them because they get to interact with humans all their lives at home, but they're not humans. So we give them the opportunity to just tap into their primal pack. Yeah. I mean, you do have the things for safety. You're talking America's pet health and safety coach here, Arden. Yep. Moore, and that is you do make sure they're up to date on vaccinations and you do see temperament tests who makes a better member of pack A versus pack B, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And that is a fine, it's, I wouldn't say it's an art to that, but they're, they're yeah. again, getting to understand how old is the dog? How much yeah. socialization does it already have? But it's relatively simple. You don't have to psychoanalyze them. You don't have to give them a Rorschach test. Oh, darn. <laughs> it's not that complicated. We don't ask them to do a, you know, when we say we're doing an evaluation, the pet owners are getting real nervous. Like we're going to ask them to do a Rubik's cube or something. So it's really. The dog would chew the Rubik's cube. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That'd be my next problem. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, they, they do a very simple sniff, genital sniff. They sniff each other's genitals for lack. We call it a doggy handshake for those yeah. people. That are I mean, wait a minute, Mike, think about that in politics, because you are the mayor of Houndstown, USA. Think about this. Can you imagine how much better politics would be if whether you're red or blue, Republican, Democrat or whatever, if you could sniff your politicians, butt and know if they're <laughs> telling a lie or if they're really trying to help you. Do you know this world would be so amazing? Absolutely. And this is why dogs are so amazing. <laughs> we a need to sniff butts. Right. But they are who they are. They don't have to read self-help books. They don't have to <laughs> no. they're, they look at they, who they are, the absolute most authentic other, you know, so, so they don't wake up. They don't look in the mirror and start working out to try to be something that they're not they just are. And once we put that pack together, and again, it's a simple sniff of each other dog's urine. They process that. They yep. literally computer generate yeah. a profile yeah. of the other dog in their brain. And that's the end of it. So wow. it, it, 
Yeah, it's it's really amazing. Well, I like keeping it simple and safe. That's kind of seems to be the the motto. Hey, everybody, we're speaking with Mike Gould. He is the mayor, really the founder of Houndstown USA. It is an amazing place for dogs and cats. And there's daggy daycare. There's overnight boarding. There's mani petties, pet spas. There's pet taxis. They're growing all over the country. We're going to find out more what's on the game plan after we pay for this commercial. So sit, stay. We'll be right back. Time for a walk on the red carpet, of course. All Behave will be back in a flash right after these messages. Hey, pet pals, Arden Moore here. Is your dog or cat prone to ear infections? Does your pet resist having his ears cleaned when they're inflamed or irritated? Are you also concerned about the overuse of antibiotics? Help is here. Zymox ear care products offer soothing relief. And hey, you're going to love this part. They don't require the ear to be cleaned before you apply the drops. It's as easy as fill, rub, and done. That means less touching of those sensitive ears to help create a soothing, fear-free experience. Apply just once a day. Zymox gets its effectiveness from enzymes, not antibiotics. That means no side effects and no antibiotic resistance. You can find these veterinary recommended products at your veterinary clinic, most pet specialty retailers, and online. And here's a real treat. Yeah, I did say the word treat. Save 20% off any Zymox or Oratine product on Zymox.com. Just use the code ARDEN20 at checkout. That's ARDEN20. To learn more, visit Zymox.com. That's Z-Y-M-O-X.com. Pause up. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. <laughs> We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to OBHAVE. Here's Arden. Welcome back to the OBHAVE show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. I think we got a good one on the, on the show tonight. Mike Gould, I think we threw him a couple of curveballs right up front and he has loosened up and he's like ready to yap. And Mike, I got to say, you wear a lot of collars in the pet world. I mean, we've already talked about being a canine police officer. You are kind of the legal beagle guy when there's something with forensics, dog bites. You are a dog trainer, but you're a savvy businessman. And how did you learn the business of all this? Because it's one thing to know dogs and know police work. And by the way, thank you for being in the Navy. My brother was in 20 years as a CB. Thank you. I appreciate that. Great. That's um, fantastic. So Houndstown, USA, 20 years on the map and growing. I'm just asking you, how did you keep it growing steadily? And even during COVID? It's a good question. And I'd like to say it was my business acumen and savvy. And I've read, <laughs> I studied, but it absolutely not. I think you have a PhD. Isn't that pretty happy dog? <laughs> Right. That's about as close as my academic that's about <laughs> as close as my academic achievements come. I but like I had that. a vision, I had a vision. I know that there's dogs and I know dogs needed a place to interact. So it's it would be like a, analogous to you know coming up with a day a park for children. So you yeah. know 
need to interact with one another. So it was very simple. I get my vision. My business model has always been keeping things simple and not complicating it. Don't people say to me, what do you do differently now than you did when you first started 22 years ago? And I said, dogs have not changed. Domestic dogs haven't changed in 50,000 years. So until they start, until they start standing erect, and growing opposing thumbs, that's when we would have to address our business model. But they're the same today as they were then. Their needs are the same. They need leadership, boundaries, consistency. That's right. And of course, love and all these all these other things. But so we just had to provide that. And it's really simple when you think about it, how to provide it. But you also have to train the humans. And you have now what's the part that can shift a little bit is people coming in to become part of Houndstown USA as as staff. So you've got millennials, baby boomers, Gen X, Gen Z. How are you dealing with those generations? Right. So it is obviously one of the most difficult things because what I do or what we do at Houndstown I start all my conversations by saying what we do is so simple, most humans can't do it. And again, it's such a simple approach to, yeah. to what we do. And, and they have to take their big academic brain off, their neocortex. They have to un- really unravel that. Literally, we become bilingual. That's, that's a godsend. If you can do that to humans and make us just not get in our way, that's a good thing. That's a talent. And we explain how dogs are living in the moment. They're not really thinking about college. They're not thinking about the franchise system. Or the bachelorette or... But they're Who's not going to mess up on Wheel of Fortune. Right. Sorry, they're as not- a side, three people messed this thing. It was called another feather in your cap. And the only letter missing was the cap, you know, the C. Let's and three it. people missed it. They called it map, hat, wap. <laughs> Is this a comedy now? So, yeah, so yeah. That, that's just the diversion. Sorry, it's called Oh Behave the Show. But the bottom line is keep it simple. Please. Now, I'm not going to say stupid. Keep it yeah. simple. Well, it is. It, it's being bilingual. In order to, yeah. for me to interact in the system that we've developed, you have to be able to obviously talk in human to your human customers. Yeah. Yes. But you have to take that off because you're, you're communicating with an animal that doesn't really understand your human language or, you know, they just don't understand. It's a different form of communication. So when we learn that or teach that communication in our facilities, then the, everybody just relaxes. I tell you, you got to breathe. You, if the dog, if I feel your, exactly. If I feel your tense, the dog feels your tense. And I, and I'll shake hands with people and I'll be like, you're tense. And they're like, no, I'm, I'm like, you feel like you got rigor mortis. You have to relax. You have to calm down. And then the dogs sense that very quickly and they relax. I'm a master in pet first aid and I teach with my dog and my cat. Everything's veterinary approved, but the human element is the uh-oh or the yay, because I tell everybody to freak out later and everybody has to be a first responder. You know this. When you came onto a scene, you're not shallow breathing. You're not just running in. You're doing a 360 survey. You're taking that breath in and out to be in the present moment. And when I teach people that, and I'm sounds like you're doing that for your team, it will make a better difference, a better connection with the dogs that are under your care. Absolutely. And to your exact point, we don't allow people to run. The, the seconds that you save are minuscule compared to you falling down and spraining your ankle, running to get to an event. And that's whether it's human police work. I didn't allow the cops that work for me driving crazy through intersections with their lights and sirens on because the few minutes or minutes or seconds that you save. So yeah. So in our facilities, I can almost guarantee you, you won't hear dogs barking because 
uh, because they're all balanced. There's no anxiety. So if we assume that barking is some level of anxiety, it could be happy mm -hmm. or sad, it's still anxiety. So you won't hear barking and you won't hear human voices, yelling, screaming. You won't hear horns, blast. you won't hear anything. But and then you'll, you can take a peek in and you'll see dogs being dogs, 10, 15 dogs. Some are laying down. Some are wanting a little something, something from the other dog. That's where you put on the Barry White music, right? Yeah, that's where we said you get, get a private room kind of thing. Yeah. So. So, yeah. But but again, it's so funny because it's it's. I guess it's, it's like a lot of you ask the question of how the, the simplicity of it is so obvious, but not to not to a lot of humans. We sometimes as humans get in the way of ourselves and we overthink and we we don't stay in the present moment lane. And I think you have brought that out very, very well. And just an old quote, everybody knows, uh, a happy dog's a tired dog. So why is doggy daycare, A, good for dogs, and B, a lot of people are getting back on the planes and traveling. Hopefully COVID is in the rearview mirror and they're going to need you guys for overnight boarding. So tell us the bennies for the dog. Right. So that's great. So one thing that we have, you know, our kind of our cult, our cult like we have a cult presence. on. I Facebook. love that. He admitted a cult. OK, good. Right, right. I'm going to get a Houndstown USA cult T-shirt. Yeah, there you go. I like that, too. And uh, <laughs> right, so, so they have we have this robust connection with our customers. It's not just, you know, a McDonald's or something. We have a personal interaction yeah. relationship. But we have also something called the Houndstown Hangover. So what I tell people is you don't have to believe me. Bring your dog to doggy daycare. Okay. Bring him for 10 or 12 hours. I don't care how rambunction, one year old, whatever you want to describe it. Bring him to Houndstown. He'll go home. He might make it to the car, but it, when he gets home, he's not going to move. Yeah, that's it. That was a great impersonation. So that's what we call a Houndstown hangover. And I like it. created. So again, the dog will tell you. So if the dog falls asleep and doesn't move, till tomorrow morning and then in the morning he wants to drag you out the door because you say you want to go to school and that you don't need to listen to any of my salesmanship you don't have to listen to anything you don't have to, the dog will tell you exactly that no no they're they're very intuitive i i get that because kona is a therapy dog and reads people she knows before i even say w-a-l-k i gotta be careful i gotta watch your ears she right. she already has picked right. out my signals she knows exactly. and exactly. and i'm just like in awe of her but she also knows how to raise up energy and lower energy intuitively when meeting another dog or a person so i i'm very fortunate she's a shelter alum i i'm very fortunate to have her she's Wonderful. my best friend and i, I love the, your description of everything you've said that you know the cues that she recognizes the cues long before you oh, yeah. even thought about it she knows you better than anybody because they're studying you. They're studying oh, yeah. you 24 seven. So, well, it was weird because Kona, whenever we get her harness out and Emma's the little dogs harness out, they know they're going for the, I'm just doing a, you know, W right. and, but for five Mondays in a row at night, I've had to just take out Emma's because she's going to her canine good citizen training. And do you know, by the second Monday night, Kona knew that she, that her kid sister was Absolutely. going to school and did not put up a fuss. Absolutely. that, And that's how in tune they are with their environment. This is why there's such a, a tremendous value to law enforcement. Did she call you or something for some one-on-one -on -one coaching? <laughs> are you doing a master class for dogs? They're all calling Mike Gould. <laughs> Hello, it's me, Kona. <laughs> oh my God, that's terrific.
That's true. You don't know. You could be doing a master class for dogs. Who knows? Yeah, let the humans pay. Hey, um, I can't believe the time's almost gone, but I want people to go to houndstownusa.com and check out him, Michael Gould, G-O-U-L-D.com. You have your Houndstown USA. You started in Port Jefferson, New York, correct? Yes, ma'am. And you've been all over. And the latest one is kind of in my backyard. I'm in East Dallas. Where is your Houndstown USA? Just, you know what? I'm going to sound dumb. I don't know. I know. I'm in, I don't even know. I know I'm in Austin and I have no. That's okay. Texas is a big state, but I, I want to go and say hi because it was a, a, a couple that just took over and, and you're, that's the newest Holly and Jim Garland there. I gave them a shout out. Yeah. And that'd be great. I'd love to meet you in person. I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours. You would love that. I'm also a licensed bartender. Unfortunately, I stopped drinking Super Bowl Sunday, 1992. Okay, well, I make a mean mocktail. <laughs> listen, this is great. So listen, since our inception, we've taken care. Of, this is why I can speak with some level of authority. Three million dogs. Wow. Since we opened, every day of the week, we have 1,500 dogs in our system. Right today, there are 1,500 dogs. What I like to say, humping, jumping, and dumping without, <laughs> without any kind of admonishments. I like it. I like it. I think more marriages would last. Absolutely. Could you imagine if you could just be your authentic self constantly? I, I don't know. I'd like it, but. Uh... Well, but seriously, everyone, this guy's the real deal. He has a stellar, stellar program, Houndstown USA. I've had a lot of friends that uh, can attest to it. And I don't know why we hadn't connected sooner, but I'm glad we have. And you put up with my nonsense today. You're terrific. You, you've made my day. I'm not just saying. I don't laugh out loud. Do you look at my face? It's not a smiley, laughy face. You're you're really McGruff. I know you are. I just know you're not saying it. <laughs> you're terrific. Hey, I do salute you for all you're doing for the dogs and people out there for your service. It really does. I'm serious. That means a lot to me. I come from a military family. So guys, please check out Houndstown USA. Check out Michael Gould. You got a pup during the pandemic. The pup needs to exercise. Get unleashed in a nice, safe environment. And they're popping up all over. Move over McDonald's. Move over Disney. We got Houndstown USA. And it's not much. I do, it takes a lot for me to gush about somebody. So that's got to tell you something. I'm an ex-newspaper reporter when there were really newspapers. So trust me, Mike, when your mother tells you she loves you, check it out. And I right. did check you out. I know you did. By all the <laughs> questions, it was an excellent interview. The best, actually, I've ever had. And wow. Uh, no, wow, no, and wow, I, wow. I don't want to blow smoke back and forth. I realize, but I'm talking from my heart. Oh, nice man, nice man. And that was very nice and very nice. And uh, it was truly a pleasure talking to you. And I do want to meet you in Dallas one of these days. That is a deal. And folks, I also need to give a big pause up salute to my producer, Mark Winter. He is the surgeon of sound and he is the executive producer of Pet Life Radio. It is the largest pet radio network on the planet. And he's a cool dude. He's my radio husband. Wow. <laughs> We're both married to legitimate folks, but he and I have been together since 07. And we get along, right, Mark? Put your little mic on. Just put up with me, Mike, for since 07. What do you think? I think that's amazing. Uh, that's great. That's a tribute to both of you. Yeah, well, we're very happy. We hope to have you back on the show. And everybody out there, be good to your dogs and your cats. And until next time, this is your flea-free host, Arden Moore, 
delivering just two words to all you two, three, and four-leggers out there. Oh, behave! Coast to coast and around the world, it's All Behave with Arden Moore. Find out why cats and dogs do the things they do and get the latest buzz from wagging tongues and tails in Rin Tin Tinseltown. From famous pet experts and best-selling authors to television and movie stars, you'll get great tail-wagging pet tips and have a fur-flying fun time. All Behave with America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore. Every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.